advise you to adequate notice of this regular scheduled meeting was sent to the Azure Park Press and the local newspaper on January 10th, 2022. And you think since the date, time, and location of this meeting were provided in the notice. This meeting is over to the public. Roll call. Councilman Beaver? Here. Birdsall? Here. Booker? Here. Atlanta? Here. Killer? Present. Lamia? And Mayor Present. Hi, uh, John. John's online. And Mayor. Yeah, so I couldn't get on the, the online portion only by your phone. Sounds good to be here. Fine. I will start with a moment of silence for the following Seabar writer, Gerard Jerry Paul Kelly Sr. That was my dad. Um, he actually, he made it to 92, so he had a good life. And uh, he actually lived in Seabright from about 88 until uh, 2000. And then when he moved out with his wife, I actually bought his house, which is what got me here. They will have a, well, a moment of silence for my dad. Uh, 1340 Ocean Avenue, Unit 30, Seabright, New Jersey. Um, Brian, first of all, condolences to your father. Thanks. Father. I want to talk about the Airbnb ordinance. Um, I come at this a little different perspective in that I live in a condominium association. Condominium association, you don't have to worry about Airbnbs because basically all of them have limitations within their own master deed and bylaws. For instance, where I live, it's, a, it's one year. You cannot have any rentals that are more than a year. I think all of them in Seabright are basically that way, except for maybe, I think Yacht Harbor is two weeks. So they're secure. I don't have to worry about this. But the average resident who owns a single family home does. They have no protection. You're about to make them only have three, they're gonna have a right of three days. So basically you're now giving me more rights in a condo than anyone in a single family home would have. I don't think that's fair. Um, I personally would ban them. Uh, but I know that's probably not what you all want to do, so I'm respectfully requesting that you switch to a seven-day over the three. That will at least give homeowners a little bit of more of a um, cushion of which they can survive and have a little peace and quiet. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Mark. Anyone else? Charlie. How's everybody doing? All right? I just want to thank you guys for everything you do. I kind of know what it's all about. Uh, Charlie Rooney, 196 Ocean Avenue. Uh, just a couple of things I'd like to say about the Airbnbs. Um, first, I want to go back to 2014 when I got on council. I'll make it quick. I know I got three minutes. Uh, <laughs> I don't have any time over here. <laughs> our beach in 2014 did 300,000. We had no paid parking. And that's all we had. This year, with paid parking, we did 850,000 and the beach did a million. So basically we did about a million nine this year with our beach and our paid parking. Our rateables are up, right? Property values are up. I think financially this town is in a pretty good place. Our tax rate is good. I think the thing that we need to start looking at is quality of life for our residents, our people that live in town, uh, that are here year round. Right now we have 60, Airbnbs. Do we even know how that happened? 
I know I don't. I, I remember when I was on council, people used to start to complain, was there's something going on in this house? Every day there's somebody new there. And we just did not really get ahead of it. It got ahead of us. So now here we are, 2022, we're trying to figure out where are we going with Airbnbs? Are we gonna have 100 of them in five years? And then we're gonna have nobody that lives here year round? The heart and soul of our town will be gone. So I just wrote down a couple of little numbers here to give you some ideas. Um, if we did the three day, and I'm gonna take the busiest months out of the year. If we do three day a week, Airbnb, from, uh, what is it, from May to September, that will be 20 weeks. So if that Airbnb turned over twice a week, it could turn over twice a week for three days, right? Seven days, you can do it. The people that live next door to that Airbnb will have 40 new neighbors in that time period. Now, if you do a seven day a week, it's down to 20 new neighbors. And then if you have an Airbnb on both sides of you, you can just double that with the neighbors. If you did a seven day, you know, you're down to the 20, but if you did a 14 day minimum, which I prefer the seven, but if you did a 14, that would make it so that the people had basically seven new neighbors. So I think the future of our town is at stake here. You know, I think that we really have to figure out do we want to have a, a town that still has some heart and soul, or do we just want to have it with a bunch of investors where most of these people won't even be registered to vote because they're not even going to be living here. So just think about, you know, where we're going. You know, we did a lot of good things since Sandy here, and I'm talking about the paid parking, you know, things that we uh, were under a lot of pressure when we did it, but we knew what we were doing. But just think about where we are now and where we're going. Thank you. Good evening, uh, Maurice Lovecourt, 460 Ocean Avenue. Um, my only question is enforcement. As I understand it right now, Airbnbs are banned, yet we had it yet. When I went on Airbnb the other night, I could have easily booked any one of 10, and Mr. Mooney said 60, or somebody said 60. Um, it seems to me it's a lot easier to enforce it when you say they're banned, although we're not enforcing it now, but if you say three days or seven days, how are you ever going to truly enforce that? How are you really going to stop people from doing a one-night rental? So whatever you choose to adopt, I would just suggest you make sure you enforce it and you come back and you take a look at it again to see whether or not it's effective. Mayor, can I provide some comments sure. in response? Maurice, a couple quick things. First of all, Erwin Bieber, I chaired the group that looked at this. Mm -hmm. You're right, there is no enforcement right now because we don't have an ordinance. None. We're one of the only towns that doesn't have one. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons we're doing this is try to put an ordinance in place to get some control under the situation and try to strike a balance between what's most important and then how it affects our residents and then also the opportunity of what it creates in the town overall. There were three comments so far. There was a lot of debate on the council between three and seven. And I think there were merits to both sides of it that we debated quite a bit. The merits to the seven, back to Mr. Rooney's comment, it changes the turnover, it reduces it, it makes it more of a family type rental instead of a nightly rental. 
the three-day was a compelling argument because a lot of people come to the towns for things like weddings, and they do it for a weekend. So one of the things we didn't want to do is very negatively affect activities that go on in the town that are important to the town. Social events, banquets, gatherings, weddings, whatever the case may be. With regard to enforcement, we've had quite a bit of discussion about how to do this. And first of all, it can very easily be regulated. I can go online right now and determine the minimum rental for any Airbnb. All I have to do is go online, try to book it. I've tried that. And if it's anything less than what we decide, we notify them and they can be fined for doing that. I've spent an hour and a half on the phone with Airbnb, and they are very willing and able to put controls in place as governed by the ordinance of the town. They do do that, and we had discussions around that. So I think the balance between three and seven is a very good discussion. Um, I think the council tried to find both sides of it, but in the end, we said a couple things. Number one, we're unregulated now, so let's do that. Number two, let's try to stop the nightly rentals because those are the most challenging for the neighbors. Number three, there's probably about $100,000 worth of revenue that we're missing because most towns actually charge a municipal tax. We don't. Get an ordinance in place so that we have something because right now we have nothing. Work the enforcement, work the revenue, work the compliance, and if we have to improve it going forward, we'll do that. But where we sit right now is not a good place for the concerns that you and the others express. Thanks. Any other, any other questions tonight? Senator Walker. Come get there. Joe Street. I'm sorry. Uh, one second, please, okay? You'll be next. Uh, somebody mentioned earlier quality of life, and uh, I'm probably one of the few people that live in town, East New Street, but right in the, in, the, in the beast of the belly, belly of the beast, and the people by house. Oh, it's so nice to meet you. Can you for Airbnb? Absolutely not. Liars, liars, pants on fire. Next thing you know, weekends, 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 woo, shriekers at three in the morning. Mayhem going on. East Church Street is pretty much Airbnb now. My neighbor says to me, we'll put her people out of her condo that we're renting to. Uh, I move back in, you have to move out. Now she's saying, oh, I'm going to Airbnb it next time. It, it, it's the end of the neighborhood. It really, it's, it's the death knell for the street. And these short streets with five houses on the street. You get one doing it, the next guy doing it. Why do we live here? What's the point? Muslim with the seaside. So my thoughts, whatever you do, I don't think the money's such a big giant issue because, as Mr. Rennie said, we're, we're, we're sitting pretty okay compared to where we were at the Sandy Bridge, Stone Brook, if you recall. Those of you that are here. Uh, but I don't think you put a price of quality of life in a nice little seaside town. Thank you. Thanks. Who's online? Somebody else to be heard online? Hi, this is Heather Thomas. Oh, yeah. 13 Sorry for
Um, so if we're looking to put something down, which I, again, I appreciate, I think we should be looking at salt that is as resident-friendly as possible because as the last uh, person who spoke mentioned, this has the potential to really change the character of our town and it's already changing the character and fabric of certain streets. So I think just conversation is a slippery slope. So if we want to put something down and we can change it and improve on it, let's make sure that it's as a friendly, resident friendly as possible. And then um, my second point is on, or comment is on the cannabis committee findings. So again, appreciate that whole entire committee being um, put together. Understand during last week's workshop that the decision, that a recommendation was made, or the re recommendation made was given the findings to discuss with the group, and so that's what tonight is about. Um, I would just express that given the residents' feedback, the business' feedback, and the first responders' feedback, that they were all in alignment, that the council would come to the decision to support the residents and the businesses and the first responders' feedback that. You know, we don't need to pursue a recreational dispensary device. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Andrew. Right. Anybody else here? Anyone else online? Here, yeah, hi. Can you hear me? Yeah, yes. Hi, it's Danny Heller from 31 Street. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I don't want to make sure you heard. So, um, I just wanted to make a comment regarding the short-term rental. Uh, I've been a resident of the Bike for about six years now. Um, in the last several years, couple of years, I've noticed a lot of homes, both on Center Street and Beach Street, have been purchased by investors, not by residents who live there. I think their goal, and I see their goal, is to rent it out not to live there and they're fixing them up and they're going to do short-term rentals whatever they're going to do so it seems like the town is changing and it's becoming renter friendly uh, i think it's going to change the character of the town i think it's going to become more of a vacation getaway where people are going to live there in the winter and it's just a few residents living there in the winter and the summer it's going to be bombarded by you know, rentals short-term so uh, I know Mark has mentioned something of seven-day minimum, and I definitely agree that should be a minimum. I don't think less is a good idea. The turnover would be just something that would create. It seems like the renters have just created, you know, more, you know, a habit of leaving garbage out, and not following the rules and regulations. And look, <clears throat> the last point I want to make: when I first moved in, we used to have. An inspector come and check the premise when you want to rent it out. I think it's called the CMO, a certificate of occupancy or something to make sure everything was in order for both inspectors. That seems to have stopped. And I'm just wondering, my question is for the board uh, is that still going on? Is, is there an inspector that goes around to check when every rental is done at the time? Mayor, yes it is. <clears throat> Mayor, can, can I comment on that? Yeah, it's not done after every rental, but yeah, go for it. Okay, so one of the objectives with this ordinance is to put a more structured procedure in place. Um, we've talked about it at prior council meetings, but basically it would consist of three things initially. One, a registration fee. Two, proof of insurance that you have, which is both state mandated and in the interest of the community. And three, is gaining a certificate of occupancy. The approach that we've discussed in this new uh, framework is implementation and enforcement of those three things. 
Right now, if you look at the actual numbers of rentals in town that have COs that are done correctly, it's about six. And you can find online an Airbnb or VRBO over 60 units that are being rented. So clearly, we have to change the methodology by which we're doing this and the enforcement around it. The last thing I'll say is, and later on in this meeting, is actually the ordinance comes up. Mayor, I don't know if at that point in time you want to have council members weigh in on their view with regard to feedback from our residents and people. I think they're going to do that anyway. Yeah, yeah. it's ready. Probably to be in it. Yeah, so, so that, that, that may be something that's worthwhile doing at that point in time. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's pretty steep before it's ready. All right, anybody else online or in person that we heard? All right. Uh, well, well, I got one more. Sorry. I, I used to be able to do this. <laughs> I think we have about 20 seconds left. Good to see you too. <laughs> Charlie Rudy, 196 Ocean Two things I forgot. One was uh, I spoke to the owner of the Beachwalk Motel today. He will be open this summer. Uh, they have 175 rooms. So basically, and this happened in Spring Lake. I talked to the administrator from Spring Lake when I was on council. Uh, they originally, uh, I'm not sure exactly what their ordinance was in the beginning, but they were competing with the breakers. And it was the owner of the hotel came to the council and the mayor and said, hey, guys, you know, you, you know, I'm up against Airbnbs here. So they changed their ordinance in Spring Lake to uh, seven days so that for weddings and that kind of stuff, you want the people to go to the motel. Uh, otherwise, you're going to make him have a difficult summer and a more difficult winter. The other thing I was uh, curious about, what happens if there is some sort of recession and all these Airbnb investors or owners go out of business because people aren't renting these places anymore. Where does that leave the town if they don't pay their taxes? Can they go bankrupt and that protects them? And we have 60, 70, 80 of them? I don't see that happening in any scenario. That might have happened in Seaburn, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And don't just, just, right. well, go ahead. I'll, 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 I mean, like, during our last recession, I think actually there might be more renters because a lot of people lose their homes. Okay. That's on record. Thanks for everybody. All right, we're going to move on to uh, the wheel. Oh, yes, sir. One more thing. Joe Rowan, 5B New Street. Uh, not an Airbnb. I, I live in his shadow all the time. Do we know what's going on with Manhattan? We do know what's going on with Manhattan. Does that be shared with the town one of these days? We live here, we've been staring at it for no, three years, and it's quite the eyesore. I know pieces are falling off again. It's quite dangerous. Foxes are living in there, kids are in there. Yeah, you we're, well, we're well aware of that. Um, and and as, you, as I'm sure you know, we, the borough took action and, and uh, has, a, has a control now over that property. So we're very intimately involved in refinancing, that's taking place. Um, Manhattan is working its way through refinancing. We're working with the Economic Development Authority as a primary lien holder. And I'll have more that I can report to you probably within the next two or three weeks, but that's all I can say right now. Okay, thank you. Thanks, again. All right, first up, we're going to have a resolution tonight. We're actually, it's exciting. We, we, well, we have a recent uh, Vacancy on our police department, so one of our specials, Master Taylor, will be uh, uh, will be joining us as a full-time uh, patrol officer. So we'll start off by just actually uh, stating and, uh, and reading the resolution and voting on that. 
And then I know our police chief, Brett Friedman, would like to say a few words, and then we'll do the swearing in that. So that being said, we'll start off with Resolution 162-2022, authorizing the hiring of full-time patrol officer, Super Police Department. Would anybody like to make a motion to adopt Resolution 162-2022? So moved. All right, House Member Beaver? Yes. Erzal? Yes. Booker? Yes. Catalano? Yes. Thank you. Yes. All right. And Mario, too. Oh, sorry, John. Yes. All right. So, Chief, all right. Thanks, everybody, for coming. Uh, first of all, I want to thank the mayor. I want to thank Jack Healer. I want to thank everybody on the Public Safety Committee, all the mayor and council for supporting us on this one. It came up fast. Um, I just want to say a couple words about Madison. Madison started here back in 2019. She went to the School of Long Public Safety in Long Branch. During her time there, she did her internship in Seabright. That's when we were out of the trailer. So she's been here for a while. Um, she attended the Monmouth County Police Academy as a class one special officer. Uh, during that time, you probably see Madison. She worked here for two years as a special. And you probably know her best. She's probably has the record of giving everybody in Seabrook a parking ticket at one time or another. <laughs> she, she could hold that record on there. Um, following her time as a class one, she worked her way, got to go to the class two special academy, uh, where she did a great job. What else do I have here? Madison is the consummate professional who always performed all of her duties in the most professional manner. We gave her some of the worst details you could possibly do in this department. She never never complained about it she just did it she held herself to the most highest professional standard that we had and that's why she got the job and i, I am proud because we've seen her come all this way and i'm happy that she's on our force and i'm just we're all happy to have her here when we went through the list that we wanted it was uh, pretty much unanimous who the next one was going to be so congratulations Madison. Constitution of the State of New Jersey. And the Constitution of the State of New Jersey. And that I will bear true faith. And I will bear true faith. And allegiance to the same. And allegiance to the same. And to the government established. And to the government established. In the United States. In the United States. And in this state. And in this state. Under the authority of the people. Under the authority of the people. I do further solemnly swear. I do further solemnly swear. That I will impartially. That I will impartially. And justly. And justly. Perform all the duties. Perform all the duties. Of patrol officer. Of patrol officer. In in the Seabright Police Department. In the Seabright Police Department. To the best of my ability. To the best of my ability. So help me out. So help me out.
bird show. Be 174. 174 2022 to the consent agenda. Um, it's uh, consideration of bids received for the 2021 and 2022 municipal programs for road improvements. Um, everything's been cleared through the uh, our chief financial officer. It's okay. I'm ready to go on that. Right, so Kevin makes a motion on that. So this will be a making motion to approve the item on the consent agenda with the addition of 174 2022. Anyone like to second that? Second. All right. Council Member Yes. Bergsall? Yes. Booker? Yes. Catalano? Yes. Killer? Yes. And I would just like, Joe, could you fill us in on 172 um, just to give us a little backstory on that? Uh, yes. Uh, 172 is, uh, is a developer's agreement between Mountain View Villas uh, and on Mountain View Way, um, a subdivision that uh, requires them to do certain public improvements, sidewalks, etc. Um, Roger has reviewed the developer's agreement and recommended that they, they need to do a certain amount of uh, public improvements and this uh, requires them to uh, complete them according to our engineer's uh, 
Thank you. So the motion has been approved. We're going to move on to our first ordinance, ordinance number 9, 2022, bond ordinance providing an appropriation of $425,000 for various programs for and by the borough of Seabright and Midnight Obama, New Jersey, and authorizing the issuance of $67,400 bonds or notes of the borough for financing part of that appropriation. Would anybody make a motion to introduce ordinance number 9, 2022? So moved. Second. All right, Councilmember Weaver? Yes. Bergsall? Yes. Booker? Yes. Catalano? Yes. Kilder? Yes. Catalano? Yes. All right, ordinance number 9, 2022 has been introduced. Ordinance number 10, 2022, an ordinance of the Borough of Seabright amending and supplementing the code of the Borough of Seabright to add Chapter 164 residential property, short term rental rising registration pertaining to the regulation of short-term rental units within the borough. Uh, Mayor, can I offer uh, my thoughts before yeah. we um, take any action? Um, I want to request that we introduce the ordinance with seven days instead of three. Um, I like the structure and the framework of the ordinance. Um, I believe it's going to control the problem, uh, at least help it. Uh, the quality of life, like a lot of res uh, residents have spoke about today, was uh, a major issue, and I think if we bump it up to seven, uh, it would do more of the aim of what we're trying to accomplish. Um, yeah, I, I guess from the sounds of it, because I've heard from others, that that's the inclination of So I guess if we can go ahead and uh, make a motion to introduce Ordinance 10-2022 with that one edit of switching it from three-day minimum to seven-day minimum. Uh, would you make a motion? Oh. Can I make a motion? Sure. I'll make a motion to change it from three to seven. All right, anyone, anyone like to second that motion? No. Do you, you want to hear any comments from anybody else? Yeah, can I well, comment first? I mean, I can vote all. Can we get a second? Okay, second. Um, thank you, Mr. John. Yes, you agree with anyone else? Yeah, I just don't know if anybody else has any comments. I mean, this was pretty heavily debated. I, I personally don't have a problem with the seven. Uh, and in discussions, and Roger, you can tell me if I have this right. The ordinance is drafted and complete, and if the council decides today on seven, it is introduced to seven, and it can be approved at the next council meeting. That would not hold anything up in the process. No, that, that's correct. I mean, the, technically, the, the amendment would be to section 164-2 to the definition of short-term rental, and it would, it would change the, uh, uh, the language to read a minimum state period of seven consecutive days, uh, and that's the way it would be introduced, and you have a public hearing for next meeting. Okay, thank you. Any other comments or who to vote? Yeah. yeah. Hi, is this an opportunity to ask a question? No. No. Sorry. Sorry. Now we're in the middle of a vote. They're just trying to go to council. Uh, all right, with that being said, we'll go to the board. How do we how do we oppose? How do we oppose? You well you had a comment period sir. earlier in the in the in the night when there's a public comment period. There'll be a public hearing on the ordinance at which time any member of the public can speak. Okay, thank you. Thanks. All right, so we'll do the roll call. Council members Beaver? Yes. Birdsall? Yes. Booker? Yes. Catalano? Yes. Keeler? Yes. And Lafayette? Yes. All right, so ordinance number 10, 2022, the one headed of moving it from three to seven day minimum stay has been introduced. All right, we are going on to the introduction of ordinance number 11. 2022, an ordinance of the Borough of Seabright County of Monmouth State of New Jersey amending and supplementing code 
the Borough of Seabright Part 2 General Legislation to add thereto a new chapter 74 titled Business Insurance Registration. Would anybody like to make a motion to introduce ordinance number 11 2022? So moved. Second. Okay, Council Member Beaver? Yes. Bergdahl? Yes. Brooker? Yes. Kevin? Yes. Taylor? And Lama? Yeah. Okay, ordinance 11 2022 has been introduced. We're now going up to ordinance 12-2022, an ordinance of the Borough of Seabright, County of Monmouth, State of New Jersey, establishing procedures and standards regarding the deployment of small wireless facilities and public rights of way in the Borough of Seabright. Would anybody like to make a motion to introduce ordinance number 12-2022? So moved. Second. Council members Weaver? Yes. Berzel? Yes. Booker? Yes. Carolina? Yes. Killer? Yes. And Lama. Yes. Okay, so uh, ordinance number 12, 2022 has been introduced. <coughs> so moving on to new business, uh, voucher in the amount of $1,181,181.84. Would anybody like to make a motion to approve this voucher? So, second. All right, Council Members Beaver? Yes. Bergdahl? Yes. Booker? Yes. Catalano? Yes. Killer? <coughs> and Lama? Yes. All right, the voucher list has been approved. Um, we do have one discussion item. It's going to be uh, another follow-up on the Cannabis Committee report. The last public meeting, or who was the chair of that committee, gave a full report. So we're going to give a brief summary of that, and then we'll have a discussion amongst council, and then take it Very good, man. Thank you. So the, the whole report, it's a 50-page report, will ultimately be on the Seabright website, and that was provided to the mayor and council last week. At the workshop, we provided, the committee provided an abbreviated version of that. And since it was during the week, I know a lot of people were not able to attend. So what we want to do this evening is provide a very brief summary of the Cannabis Committee uh, findings. And then at the end of that, um, I'm going to ask the committee members to express their views, because the three committee members are involved in 100% of all the activities. And then over to the main council for additional comments. So I'm just going to go through this briefly, about two, three minutes. So I want to provide a brief uh, overview of the findings. As committee chair, I want to thank everybody who supported. We had a lot of participation from the community, from the shop owners. I'll talk about that. Also from Chris and Michelle and the rest of the team did a great job. Uh, the assessment was conducted over a six-week period, and it was in line with the plan, which was reviewed and approved by the governing body a couple months ago. As agreed, we talked about six areas that we wanted to engage with during the committee assessment. They were Seabright residents in public, the second was Seabright business owners. The third was first responder leadership. The fourth was neighboring towns that have operational recreation dispensaries. And the fifth was cannabis businesses that were interested in establishing a dispensary in town. So I'm very briefly going to go over the results of each of those. Um, with regard to the Seabright resident and public engagement, we had two meetings. It was well attended both in person and online. And the overall assessment from the public engagement was the vast majority of the people that spoke. Rep rep recognizing it's not the whole town, it's the people that came in and spoke. It was about 35 people that got it. 95% of those were public attendance, and 100% of those that communicated by mail were strongly against the governing body, reversing the decision of prohibiting cannabis. Right now, we have an ordinance in place, 11.2021, which prohibits it. That was put in place last year. Um, so, the Seabright residents and the public engagement were against the term. In the Seabright Town Business Engagement, we held a separate session for businesses. It was well attended. The overall assessment
assessment from the business engagement session is they were also very strongly against the governing body reversing the decision. By the way, when you see the whole report, it explains what each of the views were from each of those meetings in a lot more detail than I'm going to take time for here. With regard to first responders, the view of the police chief was that there is not a good location in town for the dispensary. The residents seem to be strongly against it from what the police hear. They feel the potential for additional police staff will likely be required, and their ability to police the impacts of cannabis will be difficult based on the New Jersey Attorney General guidelines on how police handle cannabis-related events. With regard to neighboring towns, Incept Insight was provided to us by Neptune. We tried to meet with Eatontown, they, they did not reply. Um, overall, it was extremely helpful. Neptune did a great job in preparing to meet with us. Um, they're presently two months into the period of recreational cannabis, so it's early days. But so far, so good. They indicated that they're not experiencing any negative impacts. Um, they, do, they do not know the actual revenue it's going to generate, but they expect it to be substantial. Their first revenue check is expected in the November-December timeframe, so we'll know more about that then. They were very clear in the discussions with us that it was very important that they had a place in town where they felt was an acceptable location, separated from schools, from daycare centers, from residential areas. And they indicated early on that if they, if they didn't have that, they would not have proved it. Interesting difference in the approach that they took compared to a lot of other towns. Um, the governing body did not hold public meetings about this. They made the determination to proceed based on the fact that a very large percentage of their residents voted in favor of legalization, on the order of about 80%. But because they also felt that they had commercial areas where they could place this away from areas of concern, they would make that decision. And there was not much public objection to it. So it was a good exchange. So far, so good. Uh, but their report was very comprehensive. We also met with businesses that were interested in establishing a cannabis business in town. Four reached out. For three, we actually held meetings with. Um, and they provided important insights to us on their business plans, their experience, their financial measures included projected revenue on what it would create for the town. We were very careful to not use anybody's individual information. We anonymized it and we averaged together where we went. But it would be substantial. It's estimated that you know, the, the revenue generation could be on the order of $150,000 to $200,000 for our town initially. It may flatten out over time as more dispensaries open. But the cannabis business did an excellent job. They were very well prepared to provide them the information, and they were very forthcoming, and they had specific recommendations on what they would do to address resident concern. In summary, overall, uh, the committee was able to effectively conduct the evaluation efforts in accordance with the process that we proposed, and that was accepted by the governing body. All the public meetings that we held were done with required formal notification process and were well attended by the community. Non-public meetings were conducted as planned, the results of which are being shared in the committee report, the committee is confident that we protect the confidentiality of the information provided by the interesting party, interested parties. This is business-sensitive information, and such information has only been shared in an integrated way that would not divulge the specifics of any individual business. Again, the committee wants to thank all of those that participated in this. The results and findings are in this report, which again will be on the website. So the obvious question is, what is the way forward from here? So the committee kicked around the alternatives that we have as a governing body. The first of the three potential paths was to maintain the existing ordinance, 11.2021, which prohibits all classes of cannabis within the town of Seabrook. It's believed that su such action to maintain the existing ordinance could be agreed at a standing public council meeting. Since it's not introducing a new ordinance, it's maintaining an existing, it would be based on the sentiment of the governing body informed by our residents on the way forward. 
The second alternative is the governing body develops a new ordinance permitting class five cannabis sales in Seabright and puts it to a council vote. If the council decided that it wanted to proceed with that, it would result in the drafting of a new ordinance, notification and discussion of public meetings, and then a formal vote by the council before it would approve the permission of class five cannabis. And class five is the only one that we discussed. That's dispensary. We did not contemplate or discuss grow, manufacture, test for any of the others. If the governing body elects to put uh, it on a referendum, which would be the third alternative, um, that is one approach the towns are taking. It's believed if that path was taken, it would require the council to draft a new ordinance, followed by passing a resolution to include the appropriate wording in the general election referendum, permitting voters to decide on allowing a recreational cannabis dispensary in town. So three alternatives, keep it as it is right now. Two, create a new ordinance to vote, and if the council votes in favor of it, permit class five. Or three, put it before the, the voting public for a general referendum. That's what is going to be discussed in a couple minutes. Um, so up to this point, the committee has provided no recommendation. At the last meeting, we did not make a recommendation, and the reason for that was twofold. Number one, we felt that it was only appropriate we give the governing body the full report, which we have, before any recommendations were made. That way, the governing body would be as informed as we were in the process before any recommendations were made. The second reason, and we'll find out this evening, is the committee was, in fact, did not have consensus on a recommendation. If the committee would have had consensus, we would have made a recommendation to the council, but we did not have that. So therefore, we felt it was important to let each of the committee members and let each of the council members express their view in making the decision going forward. So I'm going to go first. Mayor, if that's okay. Yeah, sure. Okay. So as chair, um, what, I, what I'd like to do is, as part of the committee, is comment for, from my view, then I'm going to ask the other committee members to comment, and then the rest of the council. So my view, the cannabis businesses that came in and spoke with us, I think they would have worked very hard to address and resolve the community concerns. And I have some confidence they would have been able to do much of that. I believe our fine police department would have been uh, capable of dealing with the majority of concerns with the dispensary. Uh, they handle any crisis that we get quite professionally, and I'm sure they would have done the same here. I feel that the revenue potential that was considered and discussed is real. I, it, it is happening. I believe, I believe it's real. And I think for the town of Seabright, it probably would have been on the order of $100,000 to $150,000 once the business environment levels down. Right now, there's 18 dispensaries or 20 in the state, so probably be 100 in a couple of years. So that'll spread it out quite a bit. Having said all that, for me, the most important voice in this is that of our residents and local businesses. It's their interests that were charged to make a very top priority, and because we were, they were so strongly against permitting cannabis sales in town, as evidenced by our town hall meetings, the emails and comments we got, I believe, as chair, and my recommendation to the mayor would be to maintain the existing ordinance in place prohibiting cannabis sales in the right. Mayor, if it's okay with you, I'll ask the other committee members their comments. Yeah, and again, anyone in council, you can or don't have to comment. You're free to say whatever you want. And then we'll do a little straw poll at the end. We can yeah. do a little straw poll at the end if you want to make sure this is. Kick it over to John. John, if you want to comment. John? Sure. Sure, I want to thank each of the participants that came forth, especially those with the business interest. They did a very convincing presentation of how they would manage their operations. Uh, they, they covered all the bases and told us how they would mitigate issues and concerns that were brought forward. And considering the detail assembled by the committee, the 
one of the key responsibilities for commissioners in the century was financial. Yet, the finances are still undetermined of how successful that would be in sequence. Uh, considering the feedback of those that attended the meetings and the fact that the product is available in nearby communities, I recommend we maintain our existing ordinance. And of course, I'm the one standout. So um, I'm still, my, my position hasn't changed. I do feel that it is, uh, it, you know, if you're going to be a town that allows liquor stores, bars, pharmacies, then this is no different than that type of situation. Uh, it is a medical, it, uh, it is a medically, uh, it basically it helps people with a lot of their medical problems. Um, it, the, a lot of the stigma that has been around it, the propaganda that has been around it over the past 50 years has been proven to be false. Um, and I do think that, um, you, know, you know, the fact that there is money to be made from the town, and granted, the numbers have not quite come in yet. Um, we're, we're still speculating on the pro projected numbers from each of the businesses that came out and, and gave us some information. Um, but we are only weeks away from getting some numbers, some actual numbers from Neptune uh, as far as their tax revenue. And I do believe that is going to be quite substantial. Now, granted, Neptune is going, it does have a much larger uh, business than we could um, support in town, um, but I do think the numbers are still quite quite significant for the town. Um, now, that being said, um, you know, I, obviously I did listen to the residents in town and the, the businesses in town, the folks that were against it, um, and as Erwin pointed out, um, you know, there were, most of them were against it. Now, that being said, that is less than 5% of the overall population of this town of which close to 70% voted to legalize it in this state. Now granted, that's not in my backyard, but that's not the point. Um, there are folks out there that will not speak, about, uh, speak up about this, that will not talk about this in the sense of supporting it, primarily because of the propaganda and stigma that is, that is attached to it. People will automatically look at them and immediately think that, oh, you're a pothead, you're a drug addict, you're whatever and that it's completely wrong. Um, so I am a, pro a proponent of this. I'm a proponent of this law. I'm a proponent, proponent of the fact that it should be legalized. You know, it is legalized. It's going to be here anyway. Not, not having a, a, a dispensary in town is not going to keep it out of the town. So you know, my, my point is we should probably make some money on it while we can. Uh, granted, it's not going to be a lot. It might be, it might be incredible. It might be not. We don't know for certain. I think within two weeks, we'll definitely have those numbers, and I think we'll be surprised what comes out of Neptune. That being said, I also want to thank everybody on the committee and everybody that came out to speak. I was very impressed with the turnout and the folks that wanted to come out. Again, a little disappointed that those that, were, that, are, that are supporting this did not show up, but I understand the reasons for that. So uh, I want to thank everybody for their time, Erwin, especially for you, because you did a lot of work here and you know, comp compiling all the facts and information that we gathered and put together, and I appreciate that. Um, so that being said, I, I, I state my case. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it. Thanks for the comment committee, too. Would anyone speak comments, or should we do straw polls? Anybody else in council want to make a comment at this point, or would you just go ahead and... I think what would be a good idea is, you know, I, I've kind of taken the temperature, but if you want, I mean, keep in mind, ordinances, whatever we decide on, if we maintain, if we change, just like with the, the short-term rental, I mean, they can always be changed at later. They, you know, they're not written in stone, we're codified forever, so, unless we, but, so they can be changed, whatever.
So that being said, um, the ordinance that Erwin spoke to that's in place, of course the committee knows about it, we all voted on it. Uh, does anybody uh, want to see that stay in place as it is? I would definitely would like to see that stay in place. Okay, so Sam does, Erwin already said he does, John I believe said he's in favor of that. Anyone else have a Jack give an opinion on this? Second question. Okay. And then Kevin, of course, you spoke. I just want to move forward. So I guess for now, then, it would be status quo, just maintaining the ordinance as is. And, uh, but no, was, thanks for all the effort on that, uh, putting that uh, report together and everything. But that's the, uh, so I think for now, we'll keep status quo. Good. And close it out for now. And then future councils can always revisit the table. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, thanks, everybody. All right, uh, with that being said, we're going up to our last uh, agenda item, which is mayor and council comments. Anybody have a council to speak as um, I just want to say that we are finally, supposedly, tomorrow, starting the process of getting our check valves in downtown. We have six valves that are going to be getting installed over the next you know, three or four days or a week or so. Um, of course, Mother Nature being Mother Nature, we got to work with the low tide. So fingers crossed we'll be able to get them all in within the next couple of weeks before the next storm surge. So. Um, but so far, so good. Um, the downtown area made out very well during the last storm, aside from Church Street um, and a couple of the other, Church Street and, and North. But the downtown Beach Street and New Street um, actually didn't experience hardly any flooding uh, during the last storm period, which was so surprising to me. So. Yeah, without, without, even though it's not going to be a bigger event, but that would have flooded out pretty seriously. It's more experience there. Like the new bulkheads, and you said, Every, all everything has gone in place. There was no, I mean, the water, the Shrewsbury River was about a foot and a half above the sideline, but it was lovely. Yeah, so with, the, the, the things we've been doing have been working, um, and we're slowly checking off that to check boxes. Um, obviously, the next thing, we, next thing we need to handle is those bulkheads, um, but that's in our list, and we're trying to work out the details on that. So I want to thank everybody in the DPW for doing such a good job with everything um, over the past couple of months. Uh, especially during the storm surge, that was a big deal for them. So, and for the first responders as well, as in that regard. So, thank you. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, yeah. If I may, uh, report on uh, finance. The finance committee uh, met uh, this morning uh, to consider some of the uh, uh, interim requests from the departments for expenditures. Um, a lot was talked about as far as um, uh, prioritizing these things and but still maintaining funds for a rainy day, which always comes, right? So we have to be prepared for that. Um, I want to commend our CFO, Mike Baskin, our administrator, Joe Rooney, uh, the rest of the staff for providing uh, uh, pertinent information as well as uh, uh, recommendations on a few things that we should look at um, while, uh, again, the town is well run from, from, from a financial perspective. Uh, we've been able to stabilize our tax rate as well, things that, that are critically important all of us live in town. Um, but uh, uh, there, are, there are things that come up that, that have to be handled. Um, and and we'll, we'll talk about more about what those things are as, as, as we get uh, uh, to our next meeting and be able to discuss it further because there's more that has to come out about that. Um, but uh, I know the fire and, and EMS were, were uh, top of the list for some things that, that they need. The funds are there. Um, and uh, again, as I've said many times, What's important uh, as a municipality is to provide for the safety and security of, of its residents. That really is our primary function. So um, we're going to uh, meet our obligations there uh, and do it in a fiscally responsible way, due in large part to the administration and the finance team managing our funds. So, so. Thank you. 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 Th
Mayor, just a little bit on administration. Uh, as you know, administration covers uh, ordinance, development, and enforcement. We covered short-term rental today, and I appreciate everybody's support on that, as well as the cannabis thing. Um, we have done quite a bit of work on this bulkhead ordinance, um, which took a little bit of a backseat based on other activities, but we're going to reinvigorate that. A couple things I'll say on it. First of all, we're, we're looking for a comprehensive approach to try to deal with the inevitable uh, flooding situation we have, both with check valves, but also with bulkheads. Um, I had a chance last week or the week before to take a ride up the river and look at the bulkheading in the downtown area from the riverside, and it is scary when you take a look at it from the riverside. Now, the good news is a very large percentage of that is going to get addressed by the Haven Project on the river. But a significant portion also exists that we're going to look to come up with a comprehensive plan to do that over the next several months. So I'll be working with the council, with the Lash Engineering, Legal, Finance, and others to develop a comprehensive and the best approach to addressing the bulkhead concerns we have in town. Thanks, Mayor. Yeah, thanks, Mayor. Mayor, I got a quick one for the beach. Uh, this Saturday is a uh, Clean Ocean Act Beach Week, so uh, it's from 9 to 12, and then the Fall Fest is obviously right after that. Um, so that would be a nice program for this weekend. Um, I'm still fighting for sand. Um, started the petition. Hopefully we get more residents uh, just to make some noise and try to get back on track for the replenishment. Um, we were able to get the foot washes uh, approved for, uh, right by Old Borough Hall. So when residents come off from playing volleyball, they can wash their feet. One other thing, uh, the 29th, we are having the, trick or, the trunk or treat again. Um, so that will be on the 29th, and that will be just before the uh, Sandy Memorial that we're going to have here somewhere. I don't know what the details Yeah, that helps us get that in there, sure. Very cool. Well, the trunk or treat is coming up. Sorry, say that again? No, I was going to just touch on the, the Library Fall Festival this Saturday, the 22nd, or even time.
this Thursday at 6.30. The uh, manufacturers of these products are going to be here in the firehouse and they're going to do a demo. So if anybody's interested in coming by and see what we're talking about, uh, and the members of the council will provide. So. Thank you. I mean, if I could just amplify your um, part of the jacket is saying um, the, the risks involved uh, for um, our, our volunteer staff and doing their job to save lives and, and you know, help uh, folks who are in need to be able to, 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 be, to have to lift um, uh, folks with, with you know, uh, Jack said, with the muscle shoes we have available um, is, is, uh, is risky. And, and, and uh, it, it's, it's, a, uh, it's a significant uh, risk mitigation issue. Um, you know, something goes wrong there, it, it, it could go really wrong. Um, so it's an investment that makes sense and, and, and we appreciate you know, our, our first responders and support. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Yeah, I just want to say one more time, just congratulations to Officer Mazzadella. I think she'll have a great career here and I'm glad she's part of a full-time team now. Um, with that being said, uh, you know, we don't have an executive session, I'm happy to say, so we're just going to go ahead and make a motion to adjourn the meeting. Yeah. All right. Thanks everybody for coming out tonight. Thanks everybody. Have a good